Hey, this is Candia Raquel, founder of Centro de Poder, and you're at the Sensual Sessions podcast, the place to sense your fire, to share your flame. And today we have a very special guest. This is Joseph de la Grote. He he's an extraordinary movement practitioner with a tremendously rich background. Like he met Moshe Feldenkrais himself, studied from himself, from him, and he met Ida Rolf. Uh, he has a PhD. He's a Feldenkrais, uh, not only practitioner, but teacher. And he has his own marvelous system that intertwines all these somatic movement with a very strong anatomical base that is the fascia and and the ring. So welcome, Joseph. It's such a pleasure to have you here. And would you tell us Thank a little you. bit about yes. your background? Like how did destiny or your free will landed you with such an amazing historical like sacred monsters of somatic movement tell us tell us a bit about your story and your background it's uh, <laughs> i go where my interiority moves me i listen to instructions from within uh, which is the title of my first book also in other words i i am i'm listening to the messages by getting into the state where I can hear the messages. And so the rest is just the unfolding, you know, the journey. I mean, the, the, the particulars of the journey that I was on, I can't tell you why. I can only tell you that I, I was a professor at a university. I was too much in the conceptual world that was not really embodied. Uh, I started doing yoga and Tai Chi. I was I, I was a founder of the yoga, a yoga club at the University of South Florida. And so I was moving and then I met Ida Rolf and I started the training with her in 1972. Pigeon Key, Florida, a very great experience. I said, this is the whole new frontier, but I was studying Gestalt at the same time. I was also interested in Al Peso I met with um, his system of psychomotor which was body-centered with the psychophysical traumatic uh, work that he did. And I gradually shifted and decided that I needed to move. And I, I thought Rolfing was going to be the vehicle, but when I met Feldenkrais, it was a whole new dimension because he was quite, in my experience, he was much more tuned Uh, to that, uh, to where uh, I was wanted to go, because he was a physicist, he had the basis, and he had a method that was extraordinary. Uh, so I, I was, I left the Roth training and joined the Feldenkrais training, and then eventually the rest is history. Studied physical therapy, even, and um, you know now I'm, I'm, I, I just do what I do. That's what Feldenkrais called his work when before they gave it the trademark name. He said. When they said, what do you do? He said, I do what I do. <laughs> do what I now, do. the, uh, so, so that's a little background. <laughs> Fantastic. Fantastic. Gestalt, uh, yoga, tai chi, 
Ralphing, Feldenkrais, meditation, very important, Taoism, you know, so I do them. It's yeah. all, in, it becomes integrated, yeah. Yeah, core, core methods of self-knowledge, but through yeah. the journey of sensing yourself, not only thinking rationally about yourself. So I find it very interesting and tremendously important that you mentioned that you made your decisions that led you to this path and that led you to these great people by not in a rational way, but by feeling it in your body. Like by living it experientially. I I, I think um, I, I, you know my it came from my life experiences, and that's something you cannot really, it, you know, it, life is a mystery to be lived, not a problem to be solved. <laughs> so wow. I had extensive experience, not only because I studied these things, but because I have done perhaps over a hundred thousand kilometers of trekking all over the world, from the Himalayas to the Alps, to the Appalachian Trail, to the Camino Santiago, to... So that's where I think I, I, I probably may have learned much more from life, those life experiences. And it led me to uh, my latest formulation, uh, which is, I just call it the five rings because it's five levels where each level has to be integrated rather than doing one thing and then doing something and then doing something different. Uh, I'm following the model of the university, put it all under one umbrella. And I, I would like to call it the somaversity, somatico, somatic. Put everything under one umbrella because today we're all separated. And even when we talk about, let's to make it focused, if you want to talk about sensuality, it's, it's a concept. And then you can access the feeling, but you, there's something behind that that is the ground. And without that ground, you have no ground to stand on. And that ground, believe it or not, so basic, it's called the trochanteric pelvic floor or core, core dynamic stabilization. In other words, I find my center of gravity and I move in the pathways of gravity because that is, that's the basic part and the brain is tuned into that. So the brain is designed to keep you in balance and moving so you don't hurt yourself and you fulfill yourself. But that means you must learn how to move. If you don't move right, you're just talking virtual language. You can saying, you see, so, you, so I had to learn that by walking and, and that some very life-threatening experiences came with that. I had to, I'm lucky I'm here. But you see what I'm doing right now, uh, by those movements, I'm generating that pelvic floor vector of force you see the energy of force which cannot be seen except in the movement and if i do all those movements look and i get it organized with the six major pathways which i simplified from physics and biomechanics there are only six major directions they call the cardinal directions and if i use those and i stay in balance i can lift i can swim i can do anything i can do all the movements I can do anything I want. I never fall down. Which means now 
then my, my vital center is also activated. Now, the yogis understood this, Tai Chi people, but it's also esoteric. Yes. So when you actually do the real biomechanics, it's very easy, because <laughs> then you, can, you, you have the root. You see, the, in, in yoga, that would be the first chakra. Yes. But that's chakra is, you know, nobody can pick out a chakra. <laughs> But you can pick out a movement and you can measure the actual vector of force. If you watch people who play sports or dance, they actually show the vector of force, the, the trajectory of the movement, if it's going right or wrong. And if you don't kick the soccer ball correctly, it doesn't go in the goal. If you don't play the basketball, palacanesta, right, it doesn't go in the mood. If you don't dance right with your partner, you don't get in sync with each other. Therefore, your connection is already a little bit compromised. Now, so you have the root, which is really the bio biological, it's the basic intelligence of nature. But then you then now go to the rings. The next ring is the breathing. So now you notice that every time I move, I've got a breathing that's going with it. In sync, in sync, in synchronicity. So now if my movement and my breathing are going together and if I cultivate that in any direction that I want, but there are only six major directions, believe it or not, and a million variations, now I can access the feeling, the sensory, the sensu sensualité. Yes. The sensualité. So now I can get the feel. ah, do I like this? Ah, pleasant, interesting. Ooh. So now I'm integrating the feeling with the movement, with the breathing. That's number three level, right? Now I can go and from there, as I keep going with, I want to touch. I'm not just touching somebody else. I'm touching myself. You know why? When you touch yourself, you're telling the brain to incorporate that sensuous, sensory feeling into your neurons. And that's called the beginning of neuroplasticity. So now my brain is getting information because I'm touching the tissue, the fascia, not the bones, the tissue, the fascia, the breathing, the feeling. I've already got four in one. Now... I can move to the fifth. I could, I could put food and diet in, but it's not, that's not where I want to come. It's, of course, a major important thing because it's sustaining you. Good food and diet is sustaining you, but you can't live on good food and diet. You would die if you don't move. So even the best food in the world, you die because you don't, movement is the key to life. That was the key mantra of Feldenberg. And it's true. Yes. Without the movement... All the, the best food in the world, you die. So you need that. But the real ingredients in the five rings, the next one is to enter into equanimity. It's now called many other terms. Parasympathetic state, restful relaxation, polyvagal. This, but it's a state of equanimity that every animal has to get into. And you can watch it. And we've tested it in order to survive. They must return to equanimity. That means to a state like a kind of relaxed 
awareness. That's all it is. Relaxed awareness. Because now, with the scent being in the center and not having my body not having to adjust and, and struggle, I can enter into equanimity, which makes me see things clear. That was the Buddhist thing. That's what the Buddha said. Yes. That's why sitting posture was so vital. If you don't get it right, you don't get into samadhi. So now, all these things are one. So this is an entire elephant. You don't do five courses to get there anymore. That's old school. That's stagecoach. That's old technology. That's like going back to the typewriter. You put them all together in one like every creature does. They go together as one integrated unit. If you want maximum efficiency, you can still do a course on, I don't care what you call it, uh, breathing or something, massage. And that's all the little branches on the tree. Yes. That's fine. As long as it's all coming together. And that's how the animals have to live. That's how every creature has to live. And that's how we have to live. But now, since we have lost some of these things, we try to make it up, you see, by doing a course in lymphatic drainage or massage or a particular 50, 150 varieties of massage, 600 varieties of yoga and Tai Chi. It takes a long time to get there. Or Feldenkrais. Feldenkrais had a brilliant idea, but it took him 500 lessons that were not connected. It was a great beginning, but now we must put it together. And yeah. so that's my, my, I call it, my ultimate work has come to that, which is really nothing. It's kind of like returning to beginner's mind, you know. And <laughs> so it's this is the what we uh, Yeah, this is what? That's what I love. Now I teach it online mostly, but I'll do it I'll do some live. I call it the Masterful Moves course. The masterful I, I, moves. I show people how to do yeah. Movements, do the touch, track the fascia, feel the feelings, go, do the breathing, go into equanimity. That's it. And so, down 500 lessons in five, 800 hours of Feldenkrais, which was wonderful. I felt by actually about 2,000 hours. And now you can do this a lot quicker. Because nobody is going to do that kind of long training anymore. We're all too distracted and busy and stressed out. So you have to present things to get people back to the garden, so to speak. Back to the garden. <laughs> yes. There was a song about that. We all but, have to get back. <laughs> so get, that's what I'm doing these days. Get I, back I'm to teaching that. Yourself and, yeah. And I find it fascinating that your approach of the five rings starts with a very real practical anatomical base like there's no sense on on trying to get into equanimity if you are collapsed you need to start with with the base that is a, yeah. the, the so it's not gonna happen for real because <laughs> how can you get into equanimity if your lungs are like shrinked prunes because you're collapsed like it's a very practical thing that oxygen is not going to go into your brain. So the more subtle, magical, esoteric things, aspects of experience, if you wish, are not going to happen because there's no ground. So 
So you have just led us in a in a journey of of going like okay, like first the typical get grounded that is so cliche, but it's so true. Though it's important to have like the the key elements together, like okay, the trochanters, the seat bones, the pelvic floor, the core. Ah, okay, and then you can go to the next ring that it made me think how the pelvic floor it's it's a floor it's a horizontal structure and the diaphragm like the next dream that you described it's also a floor like so it makes sense because it's like starting from the very base of life itself first like the contact with the ground the way you align your posture, your the way you align yourself in the gravity field as a living being, and then you go to another level of refinement and awareness, because then the the posture can be operating in the background of of your awareness. And once you have the breathing, then you can add another layer to your experience experiential um, unfolding that is, I don't remember if it was a movement or the touch. Yes. Well, then <laughs> you go to the movement and then the other ring, the touch, and then the state of equanimity. And fascinatingly, <laughs> this is what we were doing when we were little kids. Like, and this is how the wild panther hunts and how the owls fly silently. Like they have the rings in place. So it's it's not something foreign, but this is actually a journey back into you and being in you, like not not having a mind and having a body, but being being well, as a body. You have to do you have to do we have to learn to do see we are a word culture because we were trained that way we are a word dependent culture. We rely upon word descriptions which are purely they're good, but they're maps. You, but they don't, do, it's a finger pointing to the moon, it's not the moon now. Yes. That's why we need the less of the explanation first and the actual practice. So, for example, if you play sports, which I only use as an example because here they have to do that, or dance, same thing. You must learn the fundamentals of the dance step, the salsa, and get the rhythm right before you can dance with a partner well. You must master that of the uno, dos, tres, uno, dos, tres, cinco, cuatro, cinco, seis. You must learn that rhythm and how to put it into your feet and your movement and your hips. When you have that foundation, which is following the six paths, if I will show you, I will show you that, that, that every dance is following six major pathways. Okay? And that's why it's foundational. It's easy. Once you get that and you get the rhythm, now you can begin to dance with somebody. If you are on a soccer field and you want to be able to hit the ball, so you must have the trajectory exactly right. See? Otherwise, the ball does not go in the net. 
if you are a tennis player and you have backhand, forehand, and then you add all the other movements, but the movements are six major pathways. What? Sagittal, rotational, in all the form, lateral. And, and a million variations, millions of variations from the trunk of the tree. But the pelvic floor is being stimulated. Look, I'm getting uplifted every move. You see that? It's not just talk anymore. Look, I'm taking my hands to verify. Because otherwise, if I do it, I'm really not getting the senses. If I touch with my hands, the sensory is increased five to ten times. Wow. Five to ten times. That's why you begin with yourself. So really, if you want to develop sensuality, even into sexuality, you start with you, not by touching your partner. But by touching your partner. Yes, otherwise, you will be an, like a... Yeah, unless you get in sync together, but you have to start with you. Touching, it's, it's, it's like thinking versus sensing and thinking and feeling and moving, like involving your... Yeah, that's, that's exactly. So, so now we must make those words. Yeah. We must make the words grounded. Become the body. Yeah, you 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 want to experience the moon, not get distracted with a very long manicure nail <laughs> that is pointing to the moon. Like the thing is the moon, and then or, or your hair. Yeah, or the hair and, and the super... You see what I'm doing? Eyelashes. You see what, what I'm doing? You see, I can't do this on the public television because you see what I, I've got my adductor muscles. Now, why do I do that? Because my hands did it, as Zorba the Greek would say. I didn't do it. My hands went there because these muscles, if they tighten up, they don't reveal themselves to you at all. You have no feedback. But if the reductive muscles tighten up, you will diminish your sensuality, your sexuality, and other movements as well. So that's why when I look and I'm moving, I'm controlling the adductor muscles. You know why? That's a chain that goes into here, into the pelvic floor, into the psoas complex, into the transversus abdominis. It's an entire complex. And how many people would even think of doing that? They will stretch. You see, I do a stretch, but that's... Part. That's like the six blind men and the elephant. He touches one part of the elephant. He says, aha, I know the elephant. No. <laughs> so you can't do a stretch alone. It has to be functionally integrated biologically into life. That was the, why the teaching of Feldenkrais was far more attractive than Ida Rolf, who only was a dreamer about that she thought that the fascia was the key to happiness, salvation, and ultimate health, which was a total, turned out to be totally uh, untrue and unrealized. But though she, she was brilliant in that she knew the fascia. And so we must keep that wisdom teaching, but incorporate it. Yes. She, but, I, Ida Rolf, in my, in my view, she was brilliant on... On focusing so much on something so neglected and even cut out, like all all the old anatomy studies are made with cut muscles, and she was like, "Oh no, no, these are not separate parts to be cut. It's like 
you have the keyboard and it's like saying, oh, this is one thing. Yeah, of course, this is one piece, but it's part of a whole. But then paradoxically, yeah. her work focused so much in the fascia that then became only a part of the whole and not, it was very important for her holistic view and integration, but at the same That's time, it was disintegrated. Whereas the brilliance of Feldenkrais was to just uh, build his work in doing what he was doing, what he did, and that bypasses all the traps of our discursive mind that want to put things into box. So, so he, in a way, included the mystery. But he was a very hardcore scientist. He was a physicist. And he... As a personal life history, which also made all that real. That's a story you can read on another time, but I can give you the reference. It's the life experiences that brought it together. Otherwise, it's, again, theoretical, you see. You've got to embody it by having life experiences and practice. So that's a, that's all I do. I'm just returning to basic um, things. But <laughs> you know what Allen Ginsberg said to me when we meditated together at a meditation between Allen Ginsberg, that he said to me, we were sitting washing the dishes together. He said, you know, I always wanted to return to the body in which I was born. Bam! The Allen Ginsberg, aspiring to go back to the body where he was born. He was brilliant indeed, and he had a, an outstanding practice in in hardcore, esoteric, Vajrayana Buddhism. And it's fascinating how like how humbling is this work of of studying the basics, like. You get to the, I don't know, like, you you earn all the medals. Michael Fair, for example, like, all the high, high, high level athletes gain the competitive ad advantage by refining something in the basics, like, in the, in the rings, yes. in the vectors of movement, like, as... Breathing, we breathe, we take like 22,000 breaths a day. So if you get to improve 1% your quality of breathing, your organization of breathing, like your whole life will radically change because it's something you do one and over and over. And the same with the athletes and the same that what we are talking like, yeah, this is basic obvious and Alan Ginsberg pointed out very clearly like going back to to the body where you were born and that freshness and also Picasso said like like he, his major tri triumph was to to be able to paint as a kid again and he always said and at the same time he said that he always tried to do things he didn't knew or didn't work out, so he kept on learning. So is this spirit of curiosity, maybe even childish curiosity, but that keeps you with this spirit of being at the edge of the now, where 
life happens and not being on the on the world of distraction. So how was it that you met Alan Ginsberg? We were at a meditation retreat with, with uh, Chogam Trumpa oh. up in Colorado. Ah. The Choyang Trumpa, super crazy, enlightened. I was with him, yeah, with, with Trump, yeah, until he went until he went crazy. Some of these people, you know, get they, they lose it. As brilliant as they are, they lose it. Uh, they they it's hard to stay on the path. You know, you have to get back to profound simplicity. The Buddha, the Buddha, Gautama Buddha, made a very. You see, again, these are all simple sayings, but he said, "Don't believe anything I say." Try it out and see if it works for you. Because you can't convince people. You can't convince people. I've seen that. Uh, I could give a talk. I could show you scientifically, biologically, logically, that if you do A, B, and C, you will do have this consequence. And if you do A, B, and C of this, you will have totally different. And they will not follow it. They will not follow it because once you have disturbances in the brain and you have... Cognitive dissonance, it is called, dissonanza. Okay. Things are not moving. The brain will take a path and create its own realities, which are totally fictional. And then you will believe those realities. That's the problem. So the problem is to get the, body, the brain and the body back together, but you can't talk about it. You have to do it, just like the child did. So we can only talk so much, and the more we try to convince people, the less they will be convinced. Because there is another saying in psychology, and it's somatic psychology, it's called cognitive dissonance. And I will give it to you nice and sharply, so you, as a warning, it's one of the little warnings. You cannot convince anyone of anything whose way of life or beliefs forbid them from being convinced. So if somebody's dependent on living on a different reality, you cannot convince them with any logic, any truth, any science, nothing will work. That's why you have to bring people into the experiential, which is what Feldenkrais tried to do. But it was also, he had a very slow boat to China process, you know. It was too slow, it won't work anymore in our time. It, but the principle is, is good, it's called neuro, Plasticity, yes. or, you see, neuroplasticity, to get the, to feed the brain, the, the which does the real thing anyway, not you, <laughs> to get the brain to listen to that. And that's what he did. So he was a pioneer. And there are many good pioneers like that around, but nobody has been putting the whole elephant together. Some of us are trying, but, you know, we don't have, we're not waiting for results. We don't have attachments. We're just doing it and saying, try it out and see if it works. So I tell people, try this out, see if it works. That's the only way that it will get into the system because the body cannot lie. Only the brain can lie. Yeah, the body. <laughs> or the mind. The mind can lie, but not the body brain cannot lie. Because if it did, you'd be dead. But the mind part of the brain can lie, can deceive, can create realities that are not real. That's the world we're living in right now. 
<laughs> so it's okay. You just have to learn to navigate well and get through, you know. Your only way out is through, but you need to have the practices. And it's the practices that people, we are in somatic amnesia. Yeah. Tom, my dear colleague, Tom Hanna, we were, we were colleagues together. He wrote the book about this. We are in the stage of somatic amnesia. You, you, you wrote a book with Thomas Hanna? I, he was my dear friend. We went to training oh. together. You took the... Tom and I were very... I, I saw pictures of Thomas Hanna. He got Hanna. me interested in yeah, he got me interested. He was at the University of Florida. We were professors together. Wow. Wow. And so so you were in the real very beginning of somatic itself. I, somatic. You know, I was one of the first practitioners of Feldenkrais in the United States. That's right. Wow. Yeah, because it was Thomas Hanna who invented the world, who coined the term Somatics, like Somatic. body That's mind. The title of his book, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Somatics. Ah, it just comes. From, it just means it's just a word indicating the connection of the body to the mind, you know. But I use it just that that way. The map is not the territory, but you need the map. You need the map. And now you have. You need. You can make a nice trail that goes to Mount Everest. But now you must walk it and survive. <laughs> the trail is there, but you learn how to walk yeah. it, you, you get in trouble. <laughs> yeah, and actually, that's what's very humble, humbling about the journey that you can know like all the theory, but like the theory is only the map, it's only there for you to go and do the 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 journey in the real that is the body that's right that's the why is moving, touching sensing feeling equanimity there it is it's all there it's right there it's that's right. it moving yeah. well moving well tissue joints everything together that's why you have to bring everything in breathing feeling equanimity Equanimity. That's it. The formula is simple, but now you have to do it. <laughs> yeah, now you have to go trekking the Himalayas and the Camino de Santiago. And that's where the, the greatest, even the greatest failed, that is consistency. Like to stay on the path, to stay on the journey. And so sad, so many brilliant, brilliant, brilliant people like Chogyang Trumpa, like got got derailed from from the path or uh, oh many of them i was with rajneesh rajneesh was brilliant he got derailed Men, moshe himself got derailed but uh, you know that we we all get derailed there's always a danger on the path as rumi says along the path many dangers there's always that but that's okay the mistakes are necessary in order to correct them you see you need the mistakes in order to get to the next stage. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. It, in, in no, way, there's nothing wrong with mistakes. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with mistakes. And in a way, like like this kind of pretzel we get into in Feldenkrais to get into the wonders of differentiation, that it's like, now I cannot move and 
you have to explore, explore the journey, breathe, sense yourself, equanimity, and discover, ah, this is the way. And you create the way as you go through it. So I am, I am very curious. Have you ever got derailed? And if it happened, how did you get back to the path? Oh, I could tell you many stories of getting derailed. I think I sometimes wonder how I'm still alive. A few occasions, I, I one move the wrong way, I was dead. And tell that us, happened just recently. Tell us, tell one, us one that you got, I don't know if you went like Chogi and Trumpa eating, drinking gallons of sake. As no, no, I didn't have that. I had other kinds of derailments, like, uh, you know, getting myself nearly killed once in India because I was dancing and the priests thought I was a demon. And they would just, they, they told the children to throw rocks at us. I mean, you know that that was okay. I could get out because I could move fast. But the most uh, the most life threatening experiences are really interesting stories, like not paying attention when I was doing the Ever Mount Everest trek. That was uh, back in 1980, and uh, there was a yak, and the yak's horns are about at least six feet wide. They're the big carrying animals in, the, in Tibet and in Nepal. And they, they said, oh, oh, be careful. The, the porters just, oh, oh. And I, I said, no, I'll go by him. I'm smart. I know how to get around. And the yak turned with the horns and hit me right here. And if it wasn't for my Tai Chi move, look, like that, I would be punctured. And it was 10 days by yak to the nearest hospital. Oof. And I probably would have been gangrene infected by then. I was in the middle of the mountains of the way up uh, and I and the yak hit me and I, I had the Tai Chi. Look, I did this and the, the, the horn hit me here, the, but it didn't penetrate. It only made a... Yeah. And I was in Rome recently and I should, I could be, I, I, I was, uh, I had a little wine. It was at night and Rome is a dangerous city. Especially, and I walked across a major highway to get back to my hotel and the car was coming in a direction I never anticipated at about 60 miles an hour. And I did the exact movement and missed me by that much. Otherwise we would not be talking today. So I've been through life threat. I can tell you about six or seven more, but I don't know, you know, I cannot tell you how, because I didn't save whatever saved me was came from the wisdom within the intelligence within you see i didn't say oh i'm going to get out of the way that was instinctual in one five hundredth of a second but if i was not capable of moving at my age in one five hundredth of a second i would not be talking to you today so those one of the normal things that go with life and if you don't make it you die you know people die all the time <laughs> so but that's the learning issue you learn ah be, next time be careful about going in rome and crossing highways <laughs> be careful of yaks Mount Everest be careful when you think you're safe and you're about to fall off a cliff be careful when you go to that place because they come up with you with a knife and they're going to kill you maybe <laughs> so you know it's just normal <laughs> and dead men don't live to tell any tales so there's no problem with this <laughs> so interesting that all that. By the way, I don't shouldn't reveal my age. I shouldn't reveal my age, but 
because you see, it doesn't matter. If there were no birth records, you would not know how old I am, except you'd guess, right? Okay, are, are you gonna well, reveal the secret number? Well, do you think I should do that online? Yeah, I'm of 85 course. years of age. How many? But I don't know that because I still bicycle, walk, swim, dance, you see. So it's a biologically real, I mean, it's ape, but it doesn't define your condition. So it's not about how long I live. It's the quality of how you're able to live. So you are... You see, because there's no question, you get older, you get more susceptible to problems. But so, I don't have any problems, no medications. No medication. But again, like, I am, yeah. I am shocked and stunned. So it's 85, like, 8 and 5? 85? Right. Wow. 85. You're just a teenager. <laughs> yeah, like, like Joseph Pilates said, that the prime of our life should start at 70 precisely because on until then you have matured all the previous journey to get into like a very real experience of yourself and life but not through the rationale and not even through the deliberate practice but through the experience of the world involving all of that in you that you don't know that is there called the unconscious that was able to move in a thousand speed of a second twice. And both instances, the, the, the quick response and the Tai Chi were like from the core, like you, you made like a very quick psoas, pelvic floor, a doctor move that, that, kept you life and kicking to do Tai Chi. For me, everyone will find their path. To me, the Tai Chi is the most uh, most complete, except for the aerobics part. It's the most complete movement because it was designed from the animals and it's in movement, except for one thing. It was it was a, a esoteric practice. Now we can make it, and I, I've made a videotape on Tai Chi, by the way, using these principles that I talked about. Now we know the Tai Chi from the mechanical, the mathematical, the biomechanical perspective. It's actually the best system of exercise done well because it is so, it has all the movement factors, the balance, the equanimity of the posture, the meditation, So it is one of the best practices to do, but I would take dancing also and do the same, tell you the same thing, except that I can't dance. I can do Tai Chi anywhere, sitting on my porch. I can't dance whenever I want. Otherwise I'd do dancing, <laughs> which is even better because it's emotional. Dancing. It has the emotional component, the affection connection. You understand? The affection connection with all the rest of the movements. The affection connection. The dancing. Yeah. Affection. And you're dancing with somebody, you're relating with them. This is Tantra. This is Tantra. <laughs> Tell us more about Tantra because nowadays about. everyone says and thinks Tantra no, is an ancient yogic practice, a Tibetan practice, it's a Persian practice. 
It simply means the integration of all what I'm talking about to the spiritual level, almost like Rumi says, we are one. It's the oneness principle, but it's using all the sensual features to it. That was the, the, the same thing with the Eros in the Greek tradition. Eros was the son of Zeus. It yes. is a god. It's a god. It wasn't. <laughs> yeah, it, it had sex in it, but it's not yeah. sex. It's a spiritual pathway that was cultivated by the people who were Dionysians. Yes. And the, and the Eastern tradition, in the Persian tradition, read Rumi and Kabi and, and Hafiz. It's very sensual stuff. Yes, very sensual. Kabi, yeah, uh, these were the, this was the, these were these traditions. Now it's just popularized. It's kind of like saying love is a Subaru. You know that Subaru used the word love to publicize their cars. Or eating this pizza is a love experience. See, this is the Roman satir, satiricon. This is the final days of when everything is becoming commercialized. But that's okay. It go ahead. That's the cycle. But the real essence, that's why you have to be careful when you use the word Tantra and Eros, because they have now these marketing connotations, you know. But in reality, those traditions were spiritual traditions which use sexuality, sensuality, movement, feeling, the same way I'm describing it in the five rings, but I don't call it Tantra. I call it five rings. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's involving the whole self, like not just your thinking, not just your physical grounding and movement. The relationship is very important in one of those stages. That's part of the emotional affection connection. Yeah, because when you make an effect, it's very good for the nervous system. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it's it's bringing forth your whole self into the world. It's yes, it's being in the now. It's being in the now. Yes. Yeah, and exactly. So maybe we need. We maybe we need. Yeah. You were saying maybe we just need to form maybe we just need to find better formulations. The words are not going to do it. Again, it comes down less words, more the experience. You don't you can you you know, because when you call something something, you have opposition right away. Disagreement. If you say one thing, somebody will say no. So you want to be disarm the reliance on words and concepts and be flexible. So for example, if somebody says, what's sagittal? I say, well, going forward and back. In my system, I just reduce it to path one and path two. And some people, I don't know path one and path two. So sagittal, okay, you don't know sagittal, forward and back. Forward and back. You have to be flexible. Feldenkrais said this, it was one of his good observations. Do the same thing, say the same thing in three, at least three different ways, and you have greater flexibility than if you're fixed on one way of describing and doing. Yes. Because Much better. Look, I do swim this way. Look, I can modify it. See that? Yeah. I can swim this way, and I can swim this way. I can swim this way. Be able to change without thinking. Look, I changed from here to here. I didn't stop 
and think about what I'm doing next, I automatically didn't. Just like the animals have to do <laughs> in real life. In real life? They can't say, which, move, which movement shall I do now uh, to get away from the lion chasing me, you know? <laughs> Yes, no, like... Also, laughter is very important. Laughter, Rumi, Hafiz's book, I just ordered it again. I, I Heard God Laughing is the name of the book, which is poetry. Wow. Beautiful poem, Hafiz. You wow. must have laughter in all this. Yes. I should put that in my rings. I'll, put that, I'll now add that into my rings. Laughter is very important. <laughs> Laughter is very important. Yes, it's it's this. Ridere in Italian. Reirse. Yeah. Is this freshness and certain naivety and openness, uh, childish also experience? Because when you're when you laugh, yeah, I mean, but I you go through. Put it in there, but it's not important. Yeah, but yeah. when you laugh, you. Some in a very gentle way, you pierce through the jail of the words that assemble a discourse. You you laugh your way through that and open into like the endless now. That when there's there's not enough time to think on a survival situation. It's only you and all your might in a split second, like your whole life is defined for a fraction of a second. In the same way that we arrived here, I mean, like, I don't know, I, I, I am the winning sperm and the winning <laughs> egg, and I happened, but that was like, like a split opportunity in the eternity of the universe. And yes, it's complex science. And yes, there are facts and testable things, but it doesn't make this beingness in the now less wondrous. So Joseph, would you share with us a little movement experience, maybe three, five minutes? So the sensualists that are I've been, doing, I've been doing hundreds of them. Yeah, we've been doing it. But look, I just, I'm you. sitting here. Just this movie, follow it. No, let me explain it. See if you can follow it. I can explain it as I do it. As I sit, look, the vector of force is going this way. Look, it's going up in the front. You see? Yeah. Going up, but you see that I'm getting taller? Yes. You see? It's not that I'm crunching my abdomen. I'm following a vector of force, a, a direction of energy, which in this case is in this plane, in the gravity field. Look, and I take my hands to grab the tissue and pull it up with me. So now I get the feel of the tissue. I bring them to the brain information tissue fascia pull up which is also myofascia muscles and fascia and then i link it with the vector of force because i need the map of the direction you need to be in the right direction 
And look, I go up. And now I can do things here. Look, I can go swimming butterfly. If I go the other way, look, sagittal extension mode, which is mathematical, but it's really a path. Then I come up, you see, this way, but I'm still going up. Now, if I put them both together, I get the two movements in sync. Watch. Or I can go either way. I'm also breathing. I'm getting uplift, which is essential. I'm staying in balance. And I like it. And I like it. And I like and, it. And you are strengthening the pelvic floor because I'm engaging the pubococcygeal muscles automatically when I go into this back. Look, this one engages the pubococcygeal. Look, this one, not this one. It has to be this one. And most people don't even know this. Most people love and so how are you going to talk about sexuality and sensuality and if you don't even know where your pelvic floor is? If you don't know where, where your body is hidden, for you the world will never be real, Kabir said. For you don't know where your pelvic floor is and how it moves, for you the world will never be real. For you it's just a fictional mode. Yes, you, you cannot open the door of your house if you don't have the key in your hand and use it. And, and I mean, it's like, you already own your house. Please open the door, get to your palace and enjoy the feast that you've built along your life. And yeah. it's, it's yours. Just do what they do. You know, when you go play a, a, a very important cultural uh, uh, soccer game, to Mexicans and everybody in the world is, does. You know, before they talk about anything, they say, go on the field and practice, do your practice of movements first. Get the movements down, and then we'll talk about the strategy. Get the first, down. get the movements down. First, if you want to plant the seed, put it in the right soil, in the right pot, in the right place, and water it. Otherwise, you're waiting for the plant to grow, but you haven't done the foundation. And that's what's missing now is the foundation. People don't know where their foundation is. That's somatic amnesia. Somatic sensory motor amnesia. Let's... Sensory motor... Yeah, this in, in the new language is the new language in neuroscience is dissonance. Somatic dissonance. Somatic. Dissonanza. Not being in sync. Yeah. Dissonant, like music. Music that's not in sync. Noise, noise. Like your answer is being in sync. Look, I'm look, I'm moving, look, I'm swimming. This is resonance. If my breathing and everything is going together, I can swim a lot longer than if I do this and struggle and build my muscles. So bone bone strengthening and muscle strengthening is yes, important, but it's really the whole movement. Functional movement coordination, look, that is the most important thing of all. Then you never have a shoulder problem, you never have a spine problem, you never have a hip problem. Yes, and you're, you're bringing your whole self into what you're doing. You're, you're doing the... Oh, I'm just using, now I'm using the rotational path. What? I'm using, to, I'm going to explain this, that when I do the rotational path, look, I have to touch here. You see? Because if I don't touch here, and this is tight, look, I, I can't go up, look, I'm stopped. 
Watch, look at my arm. Can't go up. Now I free it. Look where my arm went. That's from here, not from the arm. Yeah, from the it's from the fascia. Well, trochant from the fascia. Trochant is from the fascia here. Look, this is the entire fascial complex going up. The big wide band of the muscles. But I don't need to know the muscles. The animals don't know the muscles. I need to get the feel. Look, if I do this, look. My arm went up easy, look, around my head. Yes. If you tighten here, watch what happens in the head. Look, it pulls. Now you have to struggle. A simple concept that is so basic, so fundamental, you would think it could be taught in kindergarten. But it isn't. But it isn't. That's the somatic, somatic disassociation. We have not been doing the right things to develop ourselves, and then later we have to do everything to recover, and then we have to do a hundred different courses in order to get back, which is crazy because nobody can integrate the hundred courses anymore. If you take every course in the world on breathing, you will not be integrated. You will not be integrated. You see? Yes. Well, you maybe if you do enough. Might. Yes. Like, <laughs> you, you need to look at the moon, not at a thousand fingers. That's right. That's correct. So yes. look, when I do this movement, you see? Now look. You see how I'm tracking the tissue with my hands? I'm touching myself, which is also making sensuous, sensuous, sensory, sensorial, sensorial. feeling, yeah, enhances. The brain is now getting more information it's like feeding your plants the best plant food if you leave it out see they didn't know that in the old days they did they, they didn't understand i had a rolf do the fascia but she didn't was terrible at functional movement feldenkrais was great at functional movement but he never he understood the fascia but he never taught it so everybody was missing a piece of the elephant and now we have to put the, the simple. The formula for putting the elephant is simple. Yeah, what it's very simple. Five. But, but get, getting people to do it is practice, practice, practice. Stay in the path. Track the track the whole world. Essentially, <laughs> how how can the essentialist here can Don't know? Worry about it. How, how, follow the path. Just follow the path. And you will arrive. Yeah, journey without an end. Even the Buddhists talk about journey without an end. In other words, journey without expectation of results. You, because you attachment to results is already you're, you're futurizing, you see. You're dependent on the result, but you want the result, but the way to get to the result is by doing the right movements. You, you actually arrive at the result at every step, like the path is yeah. walking. Exactly. It's not that the path is out there. No, the, the paths, the path, it's yeah. where you're, me every where step you're I do, at right now. If I'm walking right, and I had to walk right to, to do the trekking I did because the Himalayas, that was uh, <laughs> 16, 17,000 feet elevation. 
you have to move right, and you learn from the experience. It's called sbagliare imparare in Italian. Learn, uh, make a mistake and learn. Make a mistake and learn. Make, make mistake and the brain says, oh, mistake, so that's an impulse to learn. So you will, the mistakes are necessary for the learning process. Yes. And it's because the brain says, oh, you tripped, you tripped, ah, correct. Yes, and it's great to, to give oneself the opportunity to explore even if you fail and consider failing part of, of the process and part of, of the that's journey. That's where, that's where you have to cultivate another level, which is emotional equal, equanimity. Emotional equanimity means, and I have a whole process that I've developed around how to do that, how to deal with the, the voice that says, oh, I failed. Oh, I'll never get it right. There's a way, but you have to do it at the neuromuscular neurological level, not just in the neocortex. Because you do it in the neocortex, it doesn't change it. It just temporarily relieves it. It doesn't change unless you change the brain. Read Norman Deutsch's book, The Brain That Changes Itself. That's the point. If to change the brain, you must deal at the foundation and not just deal with the, the, the treatments. The remedies, which you can do, is good, you need it, but you want to not keep repeating the same thing all over everyone. Yes. You don't, you don't want to keep repeating. Especially so that's neural. Yeah. Yeah, especially because if you change, you have to learn. Like. Yes, but there's a. Again, now, how do we learn? You're organizing yourself in a certain way that. Then you have an alternative. You you have yeah. the, the alternative of doing what you were doing, or choosing doing what you've learned, and that's that's maturity. Joseph, how can we learn more about your work? Do you have a website? Of course. Well, it's really being conducted by my teachers and students now, and I'll send it to you. Core Movement Integration. Dot com. It's one word, core movement integration. Core movement integration. Dot com. com. You can read. And Re I'm teaching, the only thing I'm teaching now, because I don't want to be running around the world like I did, I'm doing, I'm doing some training in France and Italy. I did one in Boston recently, but I'm more interested in teaching online. Teaching because online. Uh, it's to reach more it's called the masterful moves course we're going to start it in february and it's teaching exactly what i'm showing you but it's now going to do the actual practices the so actual that we uh, we actually do the, the, we, yeah what i showed you following specific tissue with anatomical access that's precise you don't construct an automobile unless you've got all the parts working together right Otherwise, it won't function properly. No. And so, well, this my moves is exactly the the course that does this embodiment. The rest is words. Yeah. In other words, we now have to let's now do it and put it into walking, which is the central human movement, functional movement, the most important one. Or then we can apply it to swimming. We can apply it to Anything you want, I don't care. You can anything you name. I will use this basic 
biomechanical formula to guide us through. That's the material. The master. So that's what we do in the course. The master. That's all. But you have, yeah, you have to just learn the pathways first, eh? because you. I can't teach you salsa and fancy moves, without no. If you don't master the step, exactly. If you don't master the step, I can show you all the figure. They call it all the turns, and you will be out of sync. Yeah, you, you have to have the foundation down, musician. You don't play in the orchestra if you don't all play in the same key at the and in the right way. You have to be in the same place. If the instruments are not tuned together, it's a disaster. It's a disaster. It's the same for true. It's a disaster. Put a symphony together with the most brilliant uh, solo performers and it will be a disaster because they have to play together and they have to be in sync. And they have to all be playing in the same chord, the same notes, and the same beats. And if they're not, it doesn't sound good. And if you would have ballroom dancing, it's the same thing. And if you have a soccer game, it's the same thing. If you have anything, swimming, it's the same thing. And if you have a relationship, it's the same thing. And nobody has sees that because that's a very complex picture. See, because relationship is a lot of thousands of factors. But you know what? If you don't have the common movements together, the relationship doesn't work. No matter. <laughs> There's no way. There's no way it can work. Six major paths is it. The musicians have seven notes. That's it. And how many keys? Seven keys. And you can construct music forever and ever. It's the same thing in the body. There are only six pathways, but nobody seems to know them. It's strange. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's why no, that's why it's important to learn them. So the course Yeah, so the course is called the Masterful Moves, right? Would you Would you say again the name of your website? Core movement integration, all connected. Core C O R E movement integration.com. Core movement integration.com. Thank you, Joseph. This has been an amazing episode with so much gold, so many movement practices, experiences, very important historical <laughs> background of somatic movements and knowing about your adventures and definitely definitely, definitely i'm happy to do an introduction you know free uh, i like you know get some of your spanish friends and we can mexican friends and speak english like you and uh, i mean i can speak some spanish but i can't i could do it in french but not in uh, not yet in spanish i can read spanish very well but I haven't got the practice enough to speak fluently. Yeah, yeah to speak fluently. <laughs> the, the wonderful thing is that we uh, all, no. the, the wonderful mm -hmm. thing is that we all speak body. So yeah, that's ah what. yes. <laughs> all yeah. I have to do is this. You see, but you have to know your anatomy and you have to have the map. You don't put the soccer people on the floor. 
without them all knowing the map. Yes, you you need to have the hand the map in hand. So the message for yes, the just like a dance step, just like a dance step, you must have the dance step that people at least know the bachata move. Yes, it's eight steps lateral motion, right? Yeah, right. Da, 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 da. Da, 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 da. And then it's forward and back and back and back. Then you can do all the combinations. Yes, you, we need to have a very clear basis, like a language of movement. Yeah, that's why you should do if, if we've got that. Masterful moves is for practitioners who have that base. As long as they have that base, we can go because otherwise they will be confused, you know. If, if, they have to know the base. I don't teach the salsa. Ballroom dancing, unless you know the salsa steps. Yes. So, <laughs> if you if you could share with us one final quote to close this episode and say goodbye to our audience, what would it be? Like, what's your favorite quote from all times? I don't have a favorite quote from all times. No. Uh, but I have one that comes to me from Rumi. From Rumi. The Persian. Who was that? Was also Tantra. If you look into Rumi, these were all this was Persian Tantra. He said, Let the beauty you love be in what you do. Let the, Let the beauty you love be in what you what do, you not what you talk about. Yes. There are many ways. There are thousand, many, many ways to kiss the ground of being. That's poetic language. Yes. Yes. There are many, many ways to kiss, kiss the ground of being. The ground of being. Yeah. That's experiencing the moon itself. Thank you so much, Joseph. You're welcome. Enjoyment. A la próxima. A la próxima. And... Thank you, Sensualist, that you've been with us in this fantastic episode with the one and only Joseph de la Grotte. I hope that you share this episode because it's one of a kind. And also, if you haven't subscribed already to the Sensual Sessions podcast, please go to www.centraldevpoder.com and get yourself signed up to get these episodes delivered on your inbox weekly. Until next time, remember to sense your fire so you can share your flame. <laughs>